Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Jay, what's up, man? You ready to talk movies? I'm ready to talk movies. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Fear and There. This is another special friends and family edition of the podcast. Um, Apologies to the uh, to the dedicated listeners uh, for for taking so long to record an episode, but you know life's been busy. Um, But I am super excited for this podcast. Um, We are talking about. 2022 Jordan Peele film Nope. Uh, It's not quite as topical as it would have been had I recorded this about six months ago, Uh, but here we are and we're going to make do with what we can. my uh, my esteemed co-host will uh, is not joining. He is out of town for the holidays, and I uh, called up a, a good friend who's a, it's now a second episode of Fear and There. Um, so uh, Matt, you wanna you wanna tell everyone uh, where you're calling in from? Jason, I'm calling in from the West Coast, San Francisco, uh, San home Fran- of actually some really good horror movies. Hitchcock liked this area mm. quite a bit. So mm. um, is that where the but, birds uh, takes place? Yeah, it's like up up north, like mm. in the North Bay. Yep. Um, and uh, but you know what? The birds here, the crows here, or I guess maybe they're ravens, mm. are massive and terrifying. And I totally make sense. I've never seen them, never seen a bird like this before. They just swarm you. Why does it make um, sense? Is it like is it the fog? Do you think they just? Brood? I think it's yeah. There's a ton of overcast. It's like generally temperate and not raining but it always feels like it's about to be and i think there's like something inherently horrific about that yeah um and uh yeah and the birds they just come in i don't even know from where these they're they're not seabirds so i don't know where they're coming from i think the ground something like that. well when you're talking about crows or ravens it's not from where it's from whence so make sure you get that right right um sorry about that my apologies (laughs) Poe. (laughs) um talking about rain aren't you guys about to get like slammed with another like forty-eight thousand gallons of rain i we i think it was the second rainiest day since 1850 or so um man talk about last week so talk about poe exactly back in the day um but uh people don't know what to do with weather here coming from the northeast it's like it's rain it's right. a little floody, but it, like honestly, it was just like a regular Saturday in Boston in spring. So right, um, but yeah, out out here it was almost like apocalyptic. So yeah, um, yeah, but, but you're I gonna get. Oh, okay. So you're you're no you're floods up on here. Your, yeah. your ivory tower and flooding everyone below you. Got it. Yeah. Uh, nice. Well, we're we're happy to have you back, uh, eagle-eared listeners. Yeah, we'll rem- we'll remember. Uh, Matt here from which episode were you on last time? Oh, it, um, M Night was it an M Night episode? No, we had talked about that, and I think that still should be on the, oh, on the table. But it was uh, no. the hole in the ground. Yeah, um, that was that one was Irish. an interesting one. It I was. Feel like, yeah, I think about it a lot actually. It's yeah, not the I, be- It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but it was. It was a good. It was well done for what it was trying to do. An interesting movie. I I, I think uh, I think you you were. I remember you being one of the best, uh, most well researched guests, and I I it felt a little bit like um, like we were we were bringing out the big guns for a movie that probably didn't need it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
so so I think uh, I think it's good that we're we're um, we're jumping into a movie that I think has so much cachet. Um, Jordan Peele is as as listeners of this podcast will know, kind of in in the sort of big three horror directors right now. Um, kind of anything you get his name on in in the genre or genre adjacent movies um, will succeed and will will get really highly reviewed. So, um, so I think yeah. it's good. I th- I'm excited to talk to you about this one. Um, we, uh, I don't believe we have done a Jordan Peele movie yet. Um, really? So oddly, oddly mm. enough, you know, I, I think, mm. I think get out would have been a nice candidate, but, um, I think it's, it's just one of those things that's been a little bit of a blind spot. So, um, really excited to talk about this one. Um, before we, jump into discussion um i don't know it feels uh, we we always like to start off this uh segment of the podcast by talking about our context with these movies you know what we were thinking going in how we sort of set up our viewing space um it feels a little silly to talk mm-hmm. about context with this one because uh you know he's it, anything jordan peele puts out it's like okay well it's a jordan peele movie that's all the context you need but um I, I do think you had a little bit of sort of like a, a subgenre context for this. So so what were your thoughts kind of going into this? What were you looking forward to? What were you expecting? So I, I think we actually discussed in the last uh, episode that I was on about how much I truly love the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs. And so yep. Yep. it's been a while for me since I've seen a movie that touched on whether it's UFOs or extraterrestrial life, but a topic that I'm fascinated by and when done well, like it cuts me to my core. I, I -hmm. think it's one of those, uh, like supernatural phenomena that I feel could truly be real. We just haven't, you know, made contact. Whereas (laughs) a lot of other types of like horror supernatural phenomenon have this idea that like, it's an unexplained thing, so it, let's make up a reason for it. You know, I like got a zombie. Yeah. Probably just a tired guy one day, you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, so for me, I, I really went into this movie trying to know, as, uh, trying to learn as little as possible about, you know, any twists, anything like that. Didn't really want to watch trailers. I saw Jordan Peele attached to what seemed to be a, um, you know, it wasn't going to be, but it seemed to be a standard UFO movie. And I thought, okay, perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I would like to, um, kind of like what I was really interested given the, his previous two movies. Um, it's a pretty big departure for him. Um, I would say, cause I think they, uh, both get out and us really deal with the human element. And here was like, all of a sudden now we have some, uh, like extraterrestrial beings perhaps. And that's really what, um, the focus is and not on like, you know, what us as humans, no pun intended on us, but can mm-hmm. do to each other. Um, and so it was really, you know, it was really interesting to me, um, to yeah. just going into this thinking about, I haven't seen a good, uh, movie about aliens in quite some time. And I really wanted to, uh, see one, which like totally piqued my interest when I first sure. saw like a teaser for this, um, I guess it was probably like a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. Probably, I, I, yeah. It must have been twenty twenty one. Like two years ago, like like late. Yeah, it must have been two years yeah. ago. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, of, of course, we're recording this episode on January 3rd of 2023, which blows my mind. It makes me want to throw up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, it does feel like a long, long time ago when the first like rumblings of this movie were coming out. Um, what I thought was interesting, um, obviously, there's lots of signals to the extraterrestrial in the original teaser stuff that came out. I think particularly the one that draw, draws to mind is like, uh, key, there's like a, this shot of Kiki Palmer getting like sort of lifted up as if she's being pulled up like yeah. by her waist. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. So she's being abducted. This must be an alien thing. But they don't really come mm-hmm. right out and say that. And I think that's by design, right? So they there's a little bit of a reveal in this movie, which we won't get into until we go to the spoiler section um, that I think actually like brings a lot of um, a lot of value in this movie that could have otherwise been, as you said, just sort of like a, a run of the mill alien movie. Um, and I think, uh, and so I, I think that was intentional that they sort of left a lot out. Um, I think like one of the things I wanted to kind of throw you a curveball before we jumped into the into the spoiler section. Um, that's helpful context. I it got me. This movie got me thinking. Oh wow, this is really effective. I really like this. The concept of aliens can be scary, but it can also be intriguing. It could also be kind of like aspirational. I think the idea of space and the next frontier and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. I it got me thinking like. There, there's obviously like a lot of alien movies out there that are decidedly not horror movies. They're kind of like either they're kind of exploration movies, maybe they're kind of joke movies, like in the case of Men in Black. Um, there's like kind of a lot of this is rich mm. history of alien movies, but there's also a rich history of like alien horror, right? Because there's something inherently scary about beings from another planet. So I kind of wanted to talk to you like if I put you on the spot on the top of your head, like, can you give me like your top three alien movies that you like? Not the best of all time. You yeah. don't need to give me ET unless you, that's one of your favorite, but, um, but I, I kind of wanted to, to spend a little time cause I, I think the context of alien films is very important to this movie. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that kind of on mass. Um, you know, it's, fu- it's funny you bring this up. Cause I think in the, la- in, uh, in the last episode we're, that I was on, we were talking about all the callbacks, um, from yeah. hole in the ground to previous, yeah. um, horror tropes and specifically, uh, movies within that. Um, and I think this movie absolutely nods at almost every, movie involving aliens that I can really think of. Um, And so I think to answer your question, uh, my three favorite alien movies easily for me is Signs is number one. I think I've seen that movie maybe more Mm. than any other movie. I'm not like the biggest Mel Gibson fan by any means, but I don't think anybody else could have done that role better. He is so well used in that movie. I, I, yeah. I, he, he was sort of and, used as like, I think Mel Gibson needs to be used as a blunt object, not as like an auteur, you know? Um, <laughs> so true. Like, and, and that's how he's used in that movie. I, I really, I really think he, it's really M. Night Shyamalan's vision using him as a tool. So I, I think that that's well put. Yeah. And it's shocking to me that movie is 20, almost 21 years old now. And, um, hmm. it has, uh, it has this like element of kind of like um, casting discovery in a lot of ways. I know like Joaquin Phoenix was, you know, somewhat um, he was known at that time, um, but he like where he is now. I mean, that's not even close. 
And like, you know, we have uh, like Rory Culkin was in that movie. And I think mm. there's kind of like a whole element of the Culkins having like a resurgence at this point with Kieran and with Macaulay coming back in, into the light in some regard. So I always have thought that the casting for it was just so interesting mm. that I really had to... Um, when I go back, have to like appreciate the performances because it's not just about effects. And a lot of that movie is not even about effects at all. Yeah. It's about your mind and tricking you into thinking you saw something, you heard something um, kind of like just preying on the idea that like they are there, but at all times, but you don't necessarily have yeah. an idea of like how to communicate or whatnot and they use like baby monitors in such an interesting way i could go on oh, about yeah. signs forever so i'm gonna glasses of water i'll just yeah. leave yeah right right glasses of water a little uh definitely a reference to wizard of oz um swing, swing away swing away swing away meryl um yeah. but yeah so i think signs has to be number one uh number okay. two and I don't know, I mean, this is kind of like what you were alluding to is that like there are tons of uh, different elements to the alien yeah. genre of movies. And so two for me is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, mm, okay. I've always felt like that movie portrayed potential alien life form in such a hilarious way. It's like kind of like Star Wars, I think, to some extent in that. Yep. Um, you got different species and stuff, but the way that they are, like there's a species um that is like the most boring species on earth uh, or, i mean in, in the universe <laughs> and like just that as an idea like they that's how they torture you is by like reading you their poetry um and so like i just always loved um i think like douglas adams is like somebody who touches on like this extraterrestrial uh kind of yeah. like culture in a way that a lot of other uh, alien films don't because it's really just like our perspective of a foreign intruder and that's it. You know, you don't really see like why they're here, you know, what they're doing there. Um, sure. And yeah. And I think number three, like, I don't know if this is a cop out, but I think it's alien for me. Um, yeah. no, not a cop that out. movie definitely on the horror front. <laughs> and I think like even the legacy that it built, some of the movies are just absurd and so stupid. Um, but there is, there's something, I don't know, that I think is like the perfect amount of fantastic that I could see this franchise continuing like forever as long as there's a crowd for it. Well, um, I, it, I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring it up because my, my like, uh, my honorable mention is not Aliens, but it's the, it's the adjacent, um, it's the adjacent franchise, Predator, um, but it's specifically, mm -hmm. did you see Prey? the Hulu film from this year? No, the one that just came, came out yeah. last year, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't. I, it's, it is Predator, right? Like it's part of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, it's basically Predator, but, but this time the Predator is trying to kill like a, like a Cherokee tribe. Um, right, right, right. And, uh, it's sort of a period piece almost. Mm -hmm. um, but but it, it's interesting because like, the reason I'm hammering on that point is because what you're saying is the reason that Alien and Predator have had, have had such legs is I think because there's something grippy about the character design and the concept being so simple in both of those films. Um, sure. That, sure. That it's, it's, uh, it's sort of like what paved the way for, I think, true alien horror i mean you can bring up like invasion of the body snatchers as like a perhaps mm -hmm. like a, a 
the the main corollary to like to what I think alien horror kind of kind of like really made its made its mark and hit its stride. But but I, I think Alien is is a good perfectly fine it's not a cop-out at all i think it's a perfectly fine pick um, i think it feels like i kind of have to because i do have like met i this one like i said this is like my favorite genre but district nine is amazing oh, yeah. arrival oh, yeah. is amazing like there's it's tough to yeah. kind of narrow it down to three um uh, but i do think that yeah. uh i touched on like three different worlds of aliens like a thriller version yep. uh one that's like pretty gory and then one that is um kind of just a comedy in a lot of ways yeah. and yeah which yeah i guess it seems like it's kind of a, like a one trick pony of a genre like oh there's yeah. a ufo oh my gosh but i don't think oh, so it depends on how you yeah. approach it yeah. yeah it's interesting because i mean what good pulling those out of nowhere i did not give you any notice on that question um which i think <laughs> i think Pop like quiz, i'm okay with it, yeah yeah i think like um I think it's important to like like do this exercise so we can really think about the breadth of it because this movie um, makes so many choices because they know because Jordan Peele knows how we feel about alien films, um, sure. and it sort mm-hmm. of plays in that sandbox in a way that I think is probably the strongest aspect of this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I we have three completely different choices, so I'm glad we got there on this um but i think my number one is actually to be honest is a cop-out because it's not actually an alien movie it's more of just a space horror movie but uh my number one is and will continue to be sunshine um until oh yeah until i mean i think that cat that totally counts like it doesn't you don't have to see an alien in order for you Mm -hmm. to be fearful of what's out there yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, spoiler alert for Sunshine. Um, I think we'll probably do an episode on Sunshine because I know Zach really loves that film. Um, obviously, Danny Boyle oh, is a is a good uh, a good choice. So maybe I'll have you back for that because I feel like I have an association with you and Danny Boyle. Um, but yeah. yeah, but Sunshine is just a really, really, um, I don't know. It's just like an unnerving movie that's like equal parts like sci fi drama and like it really turns on a dime at the end. Um, obviously it's not an alien at the end, but it's sort of like an alien like creature thing at the end. That's like really, mm-hmm. really effective. So, um, that's my number one. And, and I just like, can't, I've been trying to chase that high. Like I watch so much sci-fi now, um, because I want it to be like that movie. Um, and it never quite gets <laughs> there for found me. It. Yeah. yeah I, I mean like interstellar feels a little like that in some places. Yeah. Um, there's just so so many. I could just really like the idea. Ad Astra, you ever seen that movie? Yeah, Ad Astra is a good one. Yeah, that but that one's yeah. weird. That one's super weird. Um, it is, but it has that like kind of like uh, yes. journey to yeah. the end of mm-hmm. everything that I think is similar yeah. in a lot of ways to Sunshine. Well, and and similar like the that Apple TV Plus show um, for all mankind. If you haven't watched that, that's an incredible mm. incredible exploration of this topic. Um, but so that's my number one. Um, I think my number two is uh, probably A Quiet Place. I think that's just like a really clean, um, sort mm-hmm. of grounded take on this genre and and I do and I bring this up because I think there's some stuff that Nope is playing with maybe not intentionally but some stuff that Nope is playing with related to that um that movie I would I I don't think people give it enough credit as like a alien movie like I think most people think about that movie like a monster movie because it feels very grounded there's a lot of like logic to that movie that's that's almost like a video game in places um and 
but at its core, it, it's it really is sort of like a Cloverfield esque kind of oh yeah um, kind of kind of film. So so that's my Absolutely. number two. Uh, my number three is just again I, I'm going with genres like you did. You know, I, I wanted the space one, I wanted the monster one, but then I actually think my number three uh, because. I have to for the horror purposes is uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, that one, I almost went with The Thing, yeah. and I was wondering. Yeah. I was wondering if you would include that as a, because uh, I know you love that movie, but it has like this element of obviously extraterrestrial, but I've always thought uh, there's like another element that's like antarctical or something. Antarctical you know, like horror, a, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> An- Antarctica is the space of our planet. So it is I, the space I, of our planet. Yep, yeah. Yep. It's the Pluto. Nobody goes there. Yeah. Um, yep. But I mean, that yeah. one is also like... It's a good equal, list. It's equal parts like uh, like body horror as it is... Um, Definitely. Uh, uh, alien film. So that's another one that I feel like we're going to end up going to. So I don't want to dig too deep into it. But um, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the thing, it's it's a it's a really excellent watch for a lot of reasons. So, um, but and all a pretty of these decent remake too. Have you seen the remake? The like wait 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 the the so so it's funny because John Carpenter's the thing is is in and of itself a remake of an older film of a yeah right 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 it's the second remake um, <laughs> wait like that from came like two thousand nine okay yeah, yeah yeah something like that something like that I just I I appreciated like it, it only because there was a practical effect angle to it that you absolutely need in the thing and same with Alien yeah. actually is there's like. It wasn't the best movie and it does not touch John Carpenter's version. Um, but they definitely recognize that like the visceral nature of like the body snatching is like, you can't, you can't really simulate that. It has to right. be real. You have to feel it as an audience member that oh, this person I mean, is now X, Y, or Z. It's a masterclass in, in like disgusting, like animatronic <laughs> model making uh it's tr- truly like the the dog kennel part is like it haunts my dreams oh yeah yeah um yep. yeah that's great i I think the more that i talk about this the more i feel like i feel like i want to do an episode on on alien horror in and of itself because we're yeah. literally just scratching the surface like if you look at the i you know i mentioned the the quiet place cloverfield thing but like the mist mm-hmm. is another example of like that sort sure. of like monsters coming down wreaking havoc kind of thing and they're all like really effective in their own way so um thank you for obliging me this little detour i wanted to spend some time on this because i think when we jump into the spoiler section right now um i think it'll actually make the conversation go a little faster because um, probably we already touched on yeah some of these yeah 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 i I think it's like we won't need to be like oh hey hey let's talk about signs for a second because (laughs) we don't (laughs) need to because you just did um so great well uh, I think that's good. I think let's 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 put the spoiler wall down. Um, if you have not seen Jordan Peele's Nope, um, and you don't want it spoiled, uh, please go back and watch it, and then cue us up here. Um, but otherwise, keep listening. The spoiler wall is going down right about now. Okay, so here we are. Um, before we get into I, I know you have a couple of points jotted down that you wanted to talk about. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, uh, the monkey thing. Can we talk about that before we talk about the, the monkey thing? The yes. alien. So 
Yes, yes. Absolutely. I've read some reviews about this movie. I've listened to a couple of podcasts. Um, obviously, there's an aspect of this movie that is trying to talk about like the concept of a wild animal that doesn't have a concept of right and wrong and is just trying to survive. Like that's, that's clearly Mm. a theme in this movie. Um, and so I'm assuming that this is, you know, Peel's attempt to sort of comment on what happens when you try to harness the entertainment value or the power of a wild animal and it going wrong, you know, there's there's a surface reading of that, but I mean, the monkey stuff in this movie, if I'm being honest with you, is the most disturbing stuff in this movie. It's the most horror-driven stuff that I can think of. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how little I wanted to see the reveal of this monkey, like, eviscerating a sitcom set. Like, I did not want to see that at all. And so, like, Peel It was as tasteful as it could have been, <laughs> could I have will been. say. Yeah. You know, because I think I had that same feeling, uh, it, essentially, because I think Jordan Peele could do anything mm-hmm. that he wants, and probably uh, producers would be like, yeah, that'll, you know, that'll sell. So he could have gone, uh, you know, for whatever, lack of a better yeah. word, like very wild with this, but... Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. it was tastefully done for a very right. distasteful <laughs> experience. Yeah, I think... Well, so I we could talk about this. So, first of all, have you seen us? I don't know. I don't know if I asked you that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, I'm not going to spoil us. We don't need to go into that. Um, but us does a similar thing where it starts the movie with something completely weird, like something completely like sort of like needle drop situation where you don't really yes. know what's going mm-hmm. on. The beginning of us, I think, is like a really close zoom on a on like a rabbit in a cage, and then it like zooms out slowly. And that's the opening credits of us. Um, And then you don't understand what the fuck this rabbit is until probably the third act, I think. Um, And this is a similar situation with the monkey. And so at the beginning of this movie, you don't see anything with the monkey, I'm pretty sure. Maybe you do, but you definitely hear like footage of... You hear, sorry, like an audio feed of this this sitcom episode. Um, And that's the opening credits of the movie. Um, So... This is very clearly an important thing, an important theme for Jordan Peele to explore. Um, So I guess like I've sort of extolled some vague points about the monkey scene, Uh, but I'm curious to hear what, what do you think this scene does for the movie for you? Like, does it stand as like a characterization moment for, um, for our rancher character? What's he's the guy from walking dead. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, Steven, Steven, Steven Yen. Steven Yeun. Yeah. yeah. What, I, I'm um, curious, like, how, how, how you're reading that. Like, you can say whatever you want about it because, like, I don't want to spend too much time in the monkey scene because I think it's really disturbing. But I also think <laughs> it sort of serves as just, like, it's almost like Jordan Peele had this idea for a short that he wanted to sort of pepper in. Um, so... I don't know. You, yeah. Let me know what you think. Feel free to talk for a few minutes about the monkey. Well, because I think it's important. I mean, we should stay on it because if it terrifies you, I think that's the point of your podcast. I think, um, <laughs> let's see. Um, but yeah, that's, this is absolutely an allegory that it seems almost obvious right off the bat because without any context, you have absolutely no idea why, why you are listening to this sitcom. 
about like essentially Alf or um, mac and cheese from friends. Like, I, I don't know. It seemed like probably the stupidest. Yeah. Um, but once you realize that, that Jupe uh, or Ricky is um, the child actor, I think you start to realize, okay, this obviously had something to do with what's going to unfold, but it has very specifically something to do with what's going to unfold for this individual's timeline. And um, you could see, I think, the way that it was paced as a bit of a flashback um, it was really interesting because Jupe is, you, you don't get into his mind at any point. And I think that's on purpose um, that, you know, the movie is about OJ and Emerald and their, you know, journey to figure out what the heck's going on. Um, but there's this tertiary character in Jupe that has um, seemingly a huge uh, amount of um, kind of respect from the filmmaking side of it, where it's like, why is this character who seems really kitschy? Um, why is he the one that's getting a um, s- such a feature when it comes to these flashbacks? So I, I had picked up really early on that like, once we found out that he was a part of that show, there's something tied into this that we weren't sure about. I think initially I felt that this was going to be somewhat tied to, you know, the creature in in question here, um, which, yeah, Jean Jacket, I think is it's affectionately re- referred to. Um, mm, yeah, but right. it it essentially doesn't. Um, it, what what it really does show is a kind of just as like an an interesting perspective into what fame can do to an individual mm. and the way that jupe describes his time on the show is uh superficially he had a great time he has this like whole shrine dedicated to it and like he was best friends with this monkey and all this stuff uh mm. i think it's chimp i think it's chimpanzee um and <laughs> yeah you you want to get um, that right we're talking about well, monkeys I mean, rights this here. is yeah, this is a monkey paw production. I think that's uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Peele's production company. So maybe there's like something something there. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, you know that when it comes out of this flashback at, at periods during the movie uh, and goes to a scene with Ricky, either getting ready to talk about um, you know his he has a puts on a show like his his rodeo type show, um, and you know that he knows that's not what his memories of of this um experience on the show were uh but i do think that what it points to is that he he became so clouded by the fame of it all that he really didn't care that he witnessed uh, a couple of maulings um and that that really is would probably be the takeaway from a person that wasn't like kind of affected so deeply by fame, which he clearly is, you know, he's like a failed child actor or, I mean, maybe successful in some way. And then after this, uh, show, it seems like his, his career a little bit derailed, but, um, here he is trying to like maintain that level of I, you know, Jupiter's claim as his, um, essentially like a carnival or like a, a, you know, Western style town. And, um, I think with, with that, shows that he's trying to hold on to this um idea uh of uh fame in as in as best as he can so um you know it's it's an interesting look into his background when you don't really see too much of what he's doing now except for kind of just pretending like he's famous in this you know tiny 
like inland California town. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's terrifying. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. I, you could see blood. You knew that some, the right. audience was gone in this scene, but you, and you see a foot. Uh, oh, one thing that really, I still don't understand. And I'd love to hear your perspective. Hmm. Um, I have a take on it, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's accurate. The shoe yep. just stood there, uh, kind of almost like supernaturally, um, just standing up on its side. And it was, it, it was clearly the shoe of somebody who had been mauled. Um, I think the mom and I think it's a mom it might be the sister though. Cause she does come back. Um, right, right. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, a, it was a girl's shoe for sure. Yeah, exactly. But it was just kind of standing, which, uh, with the toe side down, which you would never see. It's super unnatural looking. Yeah. Uh, and they focus on it a couple of times throughout these flashbacks. But for me, like I, I, I'm curious to hear what you think that shoe represented because it stays, it doesn't fall. Yeah. It just stays the whole time. I think a lot of that scene, there's a, like a shitload to unpack with that scene. Um, because it comes back in three or four different ways. Like, obviously, there's the part where Stephen Yen, uh, Jupe's character, right? That's his name? Um, yeah, yep. He, he has that secret room in the back that he only lets people who pay him $3,000 go into or whatever that is. Um, right. and so And so, like, that's a whole component of this, like... There's the child star component, like this guy. Not only was this this kid like very famous when he was like a like a chubby little kid, but he also was probably like whatever the pre version of internet famous is, right? Like like people watching horrible sure, videos, sure. And, and and so it's like it's like there's these two aspects, and so he's chasing this fame, maybe not necessarily because he needs it for the money, but he's chasing it because it's his whole fucking identity. Um, yep. And and I think that's sort of what you're saying, and so I think mm-hmm. the shoe thing to me is just one example of imagery in this scene, and this is sort of my take on it from a I don't know from like a like a set design perspective, like this is the perspective of like what happens when you try to perform when you don't have all of like the variables and you don't know what the actual effect is going to be. Um, cause that's hmm. essentially what they're doing with this chimp is there like the shoe is performing even though nobody else is like there, everyone's run away, but it's like, this is all I know how to do. Hmm. Um, and so like, that's just like one example of it. But like what I find really interesting and striking about it is he's the only one that is not mauled by this chimp because he seems to have an understanding that the chimp has needs outside of the scene. You know, like, like there's this moment where they're like, I don't know, they're about to fist bump. Like, I remember the entire scene. I was like, where is security? Like, isn't there a key grip on this set that can just come over and like punch this monkey in the face? Like, like why, you know, sorry, animal rights advocates, but like in this moment when this monkey is like destroying 14 different people, like there should be somebody trying to defend these people against this monkey. Like that was sort of, it was taking a long time. And then obviously at the end, like police walk in and shoot it, but they shoot it right before he fist bumps with it. So clearly there's this moment where you think the chimp is going to attack jupe, like child jupe. Right. But they don't because they have this sort of moment of connection and that mirrors very nicely with what, what the moment of connection is with, um, with, with alien jean jacket 
and uh, and OJ um, at the end, where OJ mm. kind of realizes, okay, this is not a monster. This is literally like a like a lion in the Serengeti, you know, like yeah, yeah. This is what this is, and we need to understand how it works if we're going to beat it. Um, and so I think that that's sort of like kind of a moment, but it, it's interesting because. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jupe's character ends up dying and killing his entire like his entire audience because he doesn't understand what this alien does and what it needs, right? He doesn't have any respect yeah. for the the horses that he's like feeding it as bait. He doesn't like really he hasn't taken the time to like really try to figure out how do we track this thing, how do we figure out what it is, because all he cares about is like what it brings to him. So it's sort of like Sure. He never. He didn't sure. learn anything from the set of whatever exactly. that. That's totally. Was. Now that you're, um, now that you're bringing this perspective of how he compares to to OJ, it's it, he was given this opportunity to realize that, like, hey, maybe you don't mess with this wild animal. Um, you know, it wasn't his choice as a kid to like tame, bring a tame, well, right. apparently tame chimpanzee on, and nor did he know what its triggers were. Any of that stuff, you know, that's not his job. But it, it did seem like right. maybe in his memory, and I think we view that uh, like massacre there at, from his perspective as a child. And so I think, you know, he's come to terms with some of the like, oh, but the chimp then came over and wanted to fist bump me uh, before he was taken down. And so maybe he's just like, well, that's, that's what I'm taking from this is that mm. they just didn't understand, but I do. Um, which I think is something to definitely think about here. Um, and I, I think you're totally right about it. Yeah. I, I, now that we're talking about it a little more, there are a lot of moments in this movie um, about, I don't know, quote unquote, respecting the power of nature, whatever sure. you want. To, I mean, there's sure. like a, there's like a mother nature climate change <laughs> reading of this probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, like I think this one of the scenes that I actually thought was the most powerful is very early in the movie um, when OJ brings the horse to that commercial shoot and uh, Kiki Palmer's character, uh, what's her name in the movie? Is it Emerald? I think it's Emerald, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she She's not there, right? And so she's clearly the one who's better at managing like the clients in this relationship. So like the beginning of the movie, the, the, the dad dies, right? Like that there's this mystery attack from the sky and her, her dad, uh, the uh, mm -hmm. OJ and Emerald's dad dies. And he was the one who, who had this sort of like Hollywood horse operation. Right. Um, and so now OJ and his sister have taken it over, but OJ isn't very good at giving the safety presentation and like, right, he isn't very right. good at managing the clients. What he is good at is dealing with the horses. And so that sort of mirrors like later what he's talking about when he, he's the first one to understand really what, what makes this alien thing tick. Um, but that scene at the beginning with the horse, I, I, I remember I, I watched this movie with Julie, uh, for the listeners, Julie's my wife, who does not like horror movies um, and very, very sparingly watches them with me. But I knew yeah. that this one wouldn't really be that bad for her. Um, and it wasn't. But that was one of the scenes where she and I both were like very, very tense because you you're watching you're watching OJ quietly kind of in that in in that sort of like Daniel Kaluuya way where he's sort of like very calm 
but quiet, but also like assertive at the same time. He's telling everyone, guys, you have to stay away from the back of the horse. Stay away from the back of the horse. And nobody's listening to him. Kiki Palmer's late, so she's not <laughs> showing anybody, like telling anybody what's what's going on either. And then, of course, the star of this commercial, the the mm-hmm. actress or whatever, whoever's like the, the main talent in this commercial, sure. goes right to the back of the horse. They do a flash on the horse, and the horse kicks backwards, right? And that moment like made us both jump because we were like oh god is this horse gonna kill this actress of course it doesn't happen but it's like i'm realizing that this movie is trying to wield like the power of animals in a way that i think is very unique for an alien movie um (laughs) so yeah i mean i i think this is and now that we're talking about it i think that's probably what the chimp thing is is about but it just it seems sort of so otherworldly like kind of pun intended for an alien movie like to go in and as you said like an alf direction like this is essentially like them them saying like wouldn't it be terrifying if alf went crazy and killed everyone um that seems like a different movie to me you know it doesn't seem like related to this so um anyway well cool well thank you for indulging me on this little detour um i think the rest of the conversation i want to talk about uh, as we sort of like enter the the main point of, of, of how I feel about this movie. And I'm curious if it aligns with what you wanted to talk about. Um, this movie wants to play with expectation in a way that I think is very intelligent and I think made it very effective. Um, and the, the corollary for that that I, I want to point out, and I'm curious if you have other examples, um, is the mm-hmm. way they work up to the reveal of the form of this creature design is very, uh, it's very interesting. First of all, it's not like they're trying to make you believe like this is a ship, right? Like a flying saucer, the whole movie. Um, and obviously we learn at the end, it's not, this is the form of what the alien is. Um, but before they even get to that, there's this scene in the barn when OJ goes in at night, he hears a noise or something. He goes in at night and he clearly something is in the barn making noise, turning on lights, whatever. Um, and then so he goes around a corner and you see a little alien guy, right? And so you're like, oh, wow, okay, so he's going to show the creature. And it actually is really scary. This is the one point in the movie that I think Julie was like, why did you make me watch this? This is terrifying. Um, obviously, this is a huge red herring. These are not the aliens because we find out later that there are no little aliens. There's just one big alien. So I'm curious... At what point did you realize that this was more in the, I guess, the Cloverfield vein than the signs vein? Um, and did you think, I don't know, like, did you think that that served the movie well to, to sort of like lead you to this particular, uh, this particular water and then sort of bait and switch you at the end? Um, yes, I think that the, this particular scene in the barn is, uh, my, my friend had texted me a big science fan and he said, Hey, there's a scene in Nope that you need to watch because it rivals the, uh, Mexican birthday party scene in, in science. And so I was like, all right, he didn't tell me any context when it was going to come up, but I was like the one thing I knew about this movie, um, so I see it and immediately oh, I'm like, okay, this is that scene. Um, this is where we are, 
you know, about to see the creature for the first time. It's very unexpected when it comes across, I think. Um, it kind of Right, because has... you don't think you're going to, like, you're primed to want to wait yeah. for the alien reveal. And mm-hmm. here they are showing you, like, 1940s aliens. Right. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like jarring in that, like, oh, this is what we're dealing with here. Um, Mm -hmm. It was freaky, obviously, because it was like this tiny alien that's just, you know, kind of tilted head, just looking at uh, at at OJ. Um, And I really, really liked his um, his approach. Was like, you know, they. I think because they're in showbiz, like with their with their ranch, I think he does share a little bit. And and we haven't even talked about his father's role i think in all of this but um there is this kind of element that he doesn't truly want to be in show business but he really wants to run this ranch um <laughs> right, and right and and like that you know like you had mentioned the scene with um when he's on set and things are a little bit hectic he's like this is not a good environment for the horse things are going to go poorly here um everybody that's on set is like yeah but we got you know we have this is our union time like blah 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 we're not we're gonna be doing it you Mm -hmm. gotta uh no time for anything and he and i think he was uh resentful of the idea that like his dad kind of just like gave up his his uh interest i think essentially in the ranch in favor of getting these roles in hollywood um because it did seem like they had a little bit of animosity towards each other anyway i think that they're just to set up this this barn scene so you know he's he is somebody who is like working on this ranch all the time. And it's like everything he does is for the ranch. It's for the horses. And so he, you know, he knows that some things are going on, but I don't think he enters that barn, uh, thinking like, Oh, he's going to see something. Um, but he's so ready to record it on his phone. Uh, and that particular (laughs) moment was so, uh, was probably the best suspense in the movie, I'd say, um, yeah, where he yeah. kind of goes around the paddock a little bit and you're waiting. To, it just kind of fixates the camera on this one spot and you're waiting to see if this alien's going to come around the corner and just a little head poke. Um, I love that because I think that that's like, to me, is probably my favorite thing about horror movies is that idea of like not knowing what might happen next. And this yes. was just a perfect example of, all right, sh- should he seen these things? Uh, now, now what? Um, I was expecting maybe in an yeah. hour that he might see his first one, but and it's already happening. So, um, and like you know, there's a little bit of jump scare, and it ends with like a little bit of hijinks because it's you know the the town. Uh, well, it's Jupe's kids um, dressed up right, as right. Uh, as as aliens. Um, but I do think that they're. Uh, I don't think that. Um, Jordan Peele set out to give you this like alien picture. I'm pretty sure he set out to give you kind of a reflection on what we've become as a society. Um, yeah. But he's not going to do it without a, you know a couple of jumps here and there. And I think this was just like a perfect example of setting up a foreshadow um, where those kids, you know, they're with their father at the uh, at the final judgment day. <laughs> for uh for jupiter's claim later on in the movie but um you know they're just kids you know they're just it's just like small town hijinks and um they weren't in it because 
they, they weren't in this barn because they were like, oh, yeah, this guy really thinks there's aliens. They just were messing around. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of relieves. Yeah. yeah, it relieves the tension of of that um, moment. I think a little bit more than I kind of wanted from this movie um, where I didn't leave the movie feeling like, oh, my God, there are aliens in my backyard right now, which is something <laughs> I think is important in an alien movie. Um, but, yeah, that scene was was great and then like you know at the end he kind of like there's the alien that's hanging upside down or the the kid essentially and he he just clocks him in the face and it's pretty funny i think like there's definitely this like underlying comedic element across the board um that shines i think during that which jordan peele is a perfect example of somebody who melds that uh fine line between horror and comedy um and i think this movie kind of did that yeah it's it's really interesting um how adjacent horror and comedy can be um it's funny because like the the funniest part of that scene you didn't even mention which is like that's i think the first time that we hear the movie title like this movie is oh like yeah yeah this movie is titled almost as like an internet meme like like (laughs) this is coming from the like nope 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 thing Mm -hmm. like that we all experience in horror movies and that's exactly what daniel kaluuya does in this scene as soon as like he sees the alien he's like nope and then he turns around and starts walking away right so um which is like which is refreshing because that's like not what people normally do in horror films um so it's it's really i mean it's really comedy and horror are both the, the the key here is comedy and horror are both so much about timing and that scene is yeah. all about timing it's about like waiting the right number of beats for the punchline in this case the punchline is both funny and scary um mm-hmm. but like i think that's like why jordan peele like when i first heard that jordan peele was doing a horror movie i was like what because it was yeah. get out you know and and obviously get out was nominated for a fucking oscar so it's like right, right. it's like which is very rare for a horror film. Um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before we hit record, actually. Um, the This idea that, like, comedic people can be good at horror. Um, obviously, Jordan Peele has created quite the quite the career for himself as a director mm-hmm. um, of Key and Peele fame prior to this. But uh, we were talking briefly about Creep, which is, uh, which is a Duplass movie, right? Um, which is very scary i actually i don't know if i've ever asked you do you like creep as a movie um i mean it's disturbing and unsettling uh and i think that's the point yep. of it so uh but i sure. don't have any interest in like it, there's a couple of them correct there's like a there's two uh, at least two, i don't think there's I, a third yet hmm. so uh, there's clearly like a universe that's being built out uh around this which i'm not like super interested in but it is it's it does what it sets out to do really well and that's yeah. i think make you feel uncomfortable yeah cre- creep is very very uh divisive i i we did we actually have done an episode on creep where i had uh my brother eric and colin join because colin really loves that movie which actually says a lot about his personality <laughs> i think um but uh yeah, but I think the the more poignant example right now is um is Barbarian, which I I know you said you haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. Um right. I think the the next time you have a free 45 seconds, which I really don't think you get much these days. Yeah, I watched um, Nope with uh my 2-month-old baby actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. He, which he actually have any comments on it though. Th- 
this is the first the listeners are hearing of this, but everyone give give uh, give okay. Matt here a, a round of silent snaps for for jumping on the podcast, being yeah, a, was, a fairly new dad. His first movie was uh, an assignment for Fear and There, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll be you know eventually he'll take my place when I retire from guest guest hosting this show. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because like I, I listen to some podcasts, some movie podcasts where the hosts are. Um, uh, a couple, a couple of them that I listen to, the hosts are new dads as well. And what's what's actually really interesting. I mean, the, these are podcasts that are obviously like, like quite a bit larger. They're they're these guys do this for a living, right? So this is their job. Um, but they they talk about how there's this whole new segment of their life, which is like sitting there with their with their infant child in their arms, with like headphones in a movie playing because they have like 45 oh. minutes at 2 a.m. where yep, yep. That, that they was didn't me. have before. That so. was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I did watch this. I, I think you normally like to know kind of how the context of how it was mm, watched. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, uh, my baby was on my lap uh, asleep for the majority of the movie, which was actually amazing at the yeah. time. Um, but I had a we during like I think prime days I got a new TV really nice Sony Bravia 65 inch just like oh you went I had kind for of been it. waiting for, for a top. new TV for a long time we had this like I'm you know I'll speak volumes about Vizio for forever uh they have the most um they they do not practice planned obsolescence uh, obsolescence I'll say that because I have like my family's yeah. had Vizios that are still around that we got in like 2006 uh, and I feel like now TVs last like, <laughs> five years and then they you deal with them for the final year. Yeah. Um, fear fear in there is not sponsored by Vizio. By the no, way. no 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 no. Um, I'm sponsored <laughs> by Vizio. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had this and but it has got a nice feature where I can um, put some Bluetooth headphones on. So it was kind of like nice. this uh cinematic um feel pitch black it was it was strange you know the first movie my son's gonna watch is uh a horror movie which he doesn't watch tv we don't allow yeah. screens for him um which is like i don't know how long that will last in this current society but um yeah. there was something about like i don't know i felt a little bit less uh scared going into the movie than than i had prior to having a kid Wait, because you, just, you because you had your your child with you that's fun yeah you just kind of have like a new perspective on on all sorts of yeah. things and i'm just kind of like yeah this is just a movie you know this is jordan yeah. one of jordan peele's kids um uh, yeah it's this movie and so um yeah but it was uh it was good to have have uh this first experience be i think this movie because sure. I, I do feel like sure. um it was very it was a very entertaining movie overall yeah, no. I, I, the reason I bring up Barbarian is 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 sort of related to the the comedy angle we were talking about. Um, I think you should take the time to watch it just for fun because I think you'd really yeah. like it. Um, it's unique in that it's it's directed by uh, Zach Kreger. It's his first uh, first feature film, but uh, he is more well known for his participation in the uh, early two thousands online sketch troupe whitest kids you know um which is like that just dated uh, you i think actually quite a bit yeah, for all right. of the for all of that entire phrase dated you a bit and me too I guess. yeah 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 but I, I it's it's an incredible film that really plays with expectation um and again it's it's about pacing it's about like when do you deliver that moment in in a comedy it's it's when do you deliver the joke you know how do you phrase the joke but in a horror film it's like how do you deliver a jump scare? When do you deliver dread versus like a moment of release? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jordan Peele has a really good 
sense for this if you yeah. know if some of his movies do end up being kind of biting off more than he can chew like i think us has a lot of problems that like are are conceptual um you can't deny that like his ability to craft a scene is like truly impressive so sure um, sure sure and i think yeah yeah so so i i mean i think it's like none of this has anything to do with what the alien actually is. Like this scene is like, is probably a good microcosm for this because it's not related to the alien and the alien, as we learn later is this big majestic flying creature. Like stingray cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and though, it, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right. Cause when you first see it, it's just a saucer. Right. And then it yep. eventually and becomes a great this saucer. weird. It's a great saucer. Yes. I love yeah. the effects on the saucer. Yeah. It, it's like, we haven't even really talked about it, but like this, this like clearly cinematography and like, and like sort of creature design is, is on the forefront of his mind. Um, I mean, it's literally a character in the movie as a cinematographer, right? <laughs> like this guy who's got this, oh, yeah. this <laughs> like crank camera. Um, yeah. I, I guess like to, obviously like I want to, I want to make sure you have, you can say the things you want to say. I feel like we've covered some of the things that you wanted, but like, do you, what do you think of like the final third of this movie, the reveal, the sort of like climax, like how, how does that, does it pay off for you? Do you, do you feel satisfied in this film? I think, I think the film switches its mood quite a bit in this final third Mm -hmm. into kind of like this adventure. Um, it's like a safari. uh, it's like a safari of sorts. Absolutely. Cause this is a wild animal. And I think it's the first time you kind of thought about a UFO as an animal or an animalistic thing. I think you kind of right. think it's, it's an object that's being piloted by right. X, Y, or Z. But I do think that this is kind of a unique circumstance where you don't know what it is in the first act. In the second act, you start to kind of see a little bit more. You start to learn a little bit about like, Hey, if you, uh, if, it takes down electronics and so whenever like the house loses its electricity you're like okay it's close so you start to learn a little bit about and then once they get to the point where they're just like all right screw it we're like we're getting this on camera we figured out all this stuff we're going to find a way to make this uh a reality for us to be the ones that like reveal to the world um because it's it's i think it's primary trait throughout the movie is like evasion um you know it sits in plain sight uh as a cloud above this town um which i don't the the thing that you asked about was i satisfied i think this is the the area where i wasn't dissatisfied was um there Mm. wasn't a ton of explanation into like why this thing exists period i think the real explanation comes in that uh, it's what it represents. Um, and I think it is this right. idea of like chasing uh, fame and using that as a um, means to kind of like treat people however you want or to, uh, you know, view yourself in whatever light you you choose. I think that is absolutely um, a mirror into our society. And so this could exist anywhere. I think this, this, that jean jacket could be anywhere on earth, but I don't know why it's here. Um, you know, it, it wasn't really clear yeah. that like it's here to cause, uh, OJ to do this or for Emerald and OJ to become better, uh, back to like their sibling, uh, days or 
to prove to Jupe that, you know, his childhood memories of fame are not what they they seem uh, or not what he makes them seem. Um, right, right, but, right, right. Um, early on, I think the first interaction we get is is with Keith David or or OJ's uh, dad. Um, and uh, I knew right then that this was not your typical uh, alien because he ends up being killed by a, a nickel. It like flies through his eye <laughs> and into his brain. Right. And I just immediately was like, okay, this, this is Jordan Peele. It's not going to be as superficial as you think. And so the fact that right. he gets killed by a nickel has something to do with his greed. Cause he had just had a scene where he talks about like, um, you know, getting rid of his mm. horses and all sorts of stuff. Cause he's like, we got to get this part and we got to make sure we're doing this for the client and all this stuff. And so, um, I think OJ resented that. And then for him to be killed by, you know, money essentially made it seem like greed is what killed him. Uh, so I didn't know if it was right. going to go down like some sort of like seven deadly sins or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think the payoff at the, in that third act was uh, in emerald and oj and angel and i think antlers yeah antlers uh who's the cinematographer which is a totally we haven't even talked name. about that guy yeah he's a he's a yeah. great character um but it, oh, it's kind or, of or like the guy who melting. works at the electronics store there's like this yeah, I think ensemble cast yeah i think it's oh yeah angel, yeah, angel right. yeah um right yeah who's a, also a great character where it's just, you know, he's sold them these yep. cameras and yep. then he's kind of like, what the hell are you using these cameras for? Um, and now he wants in, right? Down. Cause he wants he's the instantly fame. down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but I think it, it just was kind of like, here are four, you know, people, um, that are at, in some regard, all tied by the same thing, but they kind of have like a different approach to everything. And, and in this final, act they all get together and they're like if we're going to make this happen we all have to collectively go after the um this goal together um so i think it was like kind of yeah. more uh like almost like turned into like a bit of a family film at the end um where yeah it's just <laughs> yeah. like a jaunt um and yeah. uh yeah and so i think the third act was good in that it it does um, show you all of the hijinks that they put together um, in order to catch this thing um, and kind of outsmart it, uh, which in a lot of ways is like a safari, like like you mentioned. Um, and I, I really liked that part, but I, I felt yep. like there were a lot of questions that uh, probably intentionally were left for the audience to to deal with around like w- what it represents. And yeah, and, yeah. It's it's very interesting. I mean, you're, you're bringing up a lot of funny things. I mean, you're you're the. I think you said a jaunt. It like there's a moment. There's this montage conversational moment where it feels a little bit like, um, like uh, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin setting up the house in Home Alone. Yep, yep. It is very um, Home Alone like at the end. Yeah, um, but, with but a few it's more funny because men. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because like it that happens right after the house was literally drenched in blood, I, which is oh, like I that's an- that scene. Oh my gosh, we sh- we need to talk about that scene because I, I did some research about that because it was one of the coolest shot scenes. Actually, this whole I mean, movie was shot really fantastically and really beautifully, beautifully. Actually, because it was all shot in the day. It's all shot Perfect in the day. For, wait, even that scene. Every single scene, the night scenes, all this. So from what I heard, and I I just recently watched a visual effects, um, a a 
visual effects artists talk about this movie. There's not there hasn't been an official breakdown from the visual effects department, but specifically around this scene, um, a couple of scenes, like one with the the first time you see Jean Jacket kind of floating in the air, and then this scene with yep. the with the house um, where Jean Jacket is essentially just like digesting every one and thing that it had onto this house. Um, but it's all apparently they shot uh, with two cameras through a mirror. Um, every single scene during the day, the first one was capturing the color spectrum and the second one was infrared. Mm. And so the, like the look of this movie isn't your typical night style, um, where, you know, you have like huge lights above the set and like, it's, you know, it's clearly like Mm -hmm. the moon, no moon has ever been that bright, but here it's basically (laughs) the day and every single shot that has the sky has been replaced so it's all digital, um, which I thought was like, you can barely tell. I think they do an awesome job. Maybe a cloud here or there might be different um, or like obvious that like, yes, there is no real jean jacket flying around there. So that part is yeah. fake. But the entire um, the entire sky at night is is replaced. So I thought that this particular scene showed this technique uh, the best. It's just this scene of a like a, a pretty beautiful uh, farmhouse. I mean, I really loved the the ranch that they chose. Um, it has a very signs esque feel, but also has its own character. Um, but in that particular moment, with all the blood coming down and this like pitch black, but you can see through lightning and through you know just like uh, occasional like glimpses that there's just blood pouring through this house, which I don't know how they cleaned up. By the way, I feel like that would have done serious damage. Um, Right, right. But uh, yeah, it was all that was done during the day and then it was like overlaid. So it has this kind of like daytime feel while being pitch black, which I haven't really seen in many other movies. And I, from what I've gathered, it seems like this technique is not common for date for nighttime filming. But just, you know, advancements in experimentation. Jordan Peele clearly likes to experiment with all sorts of things like that. It seemed like he wanted to get this um kind of like uh you know a lot of the scenes during the day uh if you just kind of thought about that same uh setting at night you could really just it seems like you flip a switch a little bit and it becomes this and it still yeah. has that daytime feel to it um i, I don't know 100 percent why they chose that path but i thought the cinematography um was just spectacular when it comes to that i I really love uh kind of that western style um and i think this was um hoyt van hoytema who did like her and yeah uh yeah fighter it's a very it's a very interesting he's like a an interstellar he's like a a a a top shelf cinematographer for this movie Mm -hmm. um which is sort of what i was getting at i i I think it's interesting that you're pointing it out because it's like I didn't realize I didn't realize I didn't do reading about like the sort of post-processing that you're talking about here, the sort of digital effects, the digital overlay, but it makes a lot of sense because none of the movement in the sky was natural at all. And that's like, Mm -mm. what's interesting is like, I think when a director chooses to do that, it almost feels like they're doing it. Like let's do as little of this as possible and let's call attention away from it. Right, because we're just trying to yep. like make the scene work, and let's let's smoke and mirrors and make sure people don't notice. Jordan Peele has decided let's put the camera on the cloud right. for like a minute, 
right, right, <laughs> you know, because right. that's the point of the movie, right? Like that's like that angel character. He he's there to help them like analyze footage and whatever. And you, as an audience, you're also analyzing the footage of this movie because you're like, exactly, is there a a fucking UFO in the cloud? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah the you're, blood we're, scenes- we're like a exact. We're like a security camera in a way when you watch mm-hmm. um, a lot of horror movies that are you know yeah. entrenched in that dread where you're kind of like, is there a thing there? Is that something coming out of the woods? Like you're looking as if you oh, yeah. are in a safe spot f- for for all of this, but essentially you're you're scanning, you're analyzing to figure out, yeah, am I seeing something yeah. or or n- nope. Sorry, but are, are, <laughs> but like also like is it scary, right? Like we talk a lot about mm-hmm. on this podcast, like can you see the zipper, quote unquote, which is like sort of like mm. our stand-in for for like is this is this well done visually? Are they showing too much? Are they showing not enough? Um, I think it's something that like Paranormal Activity sort of weaponizes as a franchise of like. Yep you're staring at the same footage over and over again, the whole movie. And so anytime something changes, it scares you. Um, this has a qual. Nope has, has a little bit of that quality in like a stylized way that I actually found very effective. So it's, I, I, I love your context on that. Cause I didn't, read about any of those sort of processing but i was just lucky um, that i came across that too i wasn't yeah. searching for it yeah. i just happened to be watching yeah. a thing that talked about it um no it's and great i noticed that during the during the most films like if i'm if i'm really like actively watching i try to pay attention to all of the elements of photography sound design the yeah. soundtrack you know the pacing editing like all those things as much as i can i, I think a good movie you don't have to think about any of those things, but I think if yeah. any of those characteristics are done extraordinarily well, it becomes a kind of a feature of watching it. It's like, oh, what's this next scene going to be shot oh, yeah. like and, and all that stuff. And I think this movie, part, I think the main character for me was how everything was kind of framed in a lot of ways, um, Yeah, which maybe is the point of the movie. How do we frame ourselves? How do we view what's <laughs> yeah. going on i don't know something there's You're, something yeah there, something there yeah, d- yeah it's just something there you the pieces are there you do something with it yeah um, exactly exactly yeah no i i think and you touched on the setting very briefly i i think what's interesting it is weirdly similar to signs in like the sort of like remote nature of this ranch house but like mm-hmm. what i i personally felt that 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 peel was sort of trying to isolate for us was more of that kind of like California Nevada sort of kitsch that that is mm. pretty common in alien country. I don't know how much time you've spent out there, but like if 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 you've never done it and if if whoever's li- if you're you listening to this have never done this, like a really fun thing to do is drive between Los Angeles and Vegas. Um, mm. That drive is really fun. It's sort of like really straight and flat through the the Nevada desert and the California desert. Um, there's like this section outside of Baker, California that has like the world's largest thermometer. And like, there's also like this, this alien jerky store. I don't really know why it's an alien jerky store, but it's right there. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and and these things are not wrong. So like when you go over to Jupe's sort of fun land that's out in the middle of nowhere where oh, yeah. they have aliens alien stuff, but they also yeah. have horse stuff. It's like this is a very, very sort of funny but also like twisted and macabre kind of like way of living out there. And I, I think mm-hmm. that, that 
that's how I felt kind of the whole movie. The entire time they were doing this, there was this air and undertone of conspiracy theory, Area 51 sort of exploration um, yep. that felt campy, but also felt grounded. Yeah, so you're totally, it, it is kitschy. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I went through Roswell, New Mexico once. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been there before. I mean, it's not a place mm-hmm. that I would recommend people going unless you were <laughs> right, like on right. a hunt. Um, I think Demi Moore is from there, actually, which was a fun fact. But um, oh. Roswell, we, we, are there homes there? What, like there are homes, there are businesses, but the whole town yeah. is like we, we we had stopped on a road trip um, from Texas to Colorado there, um, and it, we stopped at a Whataburger, and which is for people that aren't from Texas, it's what a burger, but they all call it Whataburger, um, yep. and it yep. had like alien themed you know, outside and like no other of their franchises look like that. So <laughs> clearly it's like, this is what our business is. Um, we have these small town, like come here and like ride ponies or come to this old right. like saloon town. And like, that's we built and it's a movie set. It was like used in a John Wayne movie. And now it's some, now it's Jupiter's claim. Um, which, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's, you're absolutely right. It's like a very unique, um, small and really slow kind of culture that exists. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is like a, uh, kind of a way of life and a culture that's being a little bit pushed out. doesn't really need to be digitized, I think. Um, but it's certainly something to see. You're correct. It's that area of the country, like the American Southwest, which I think counts, I think California and like the, like, Bakersfield and Palm Springs and all that stuff that that to me kind of has this American Southwest feel um, which was captured really well in this um, movie which I've made a lot of trips over the last couple years up and down uh, the state of California and it's pretty wild to see how much of this state is really just like kind of desert barren the you know California as a whole has a ton of population but when it comes to um, the majority of the zip codes, there's not a lot of people there. Um, and yeah, it's just slower, you know, agriculture is kind of the main, uh, draw, I think for, for, uh, for people, for businesses. But I think they also have this component of like, Hey, we, yeah, we have the world's largest thermometer or whatever it might be. And you're just like, that's why you stop there. You know, there's no real reason to be in this town, uh, in Nope other than, if you are a farmhand or if you have, um, yeah, maybe like a goofy kind of old saloon town, like, uh, like Jupiter's claim. So, yeah, it's a lot like the, uh, it's a lot like Vegas vacation, the, the scene where they, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's funny cause like people, people have this assumption about California that it's sort of like, LA and Silicon Valley and, and it's like, it's coastal and it's beautiful and it's very like rich and high end and modern and liberal, but there is so much of that state that's basically just Nevada. Yeah. And right. Like it's, Wyoming it's like Nevada, and shit. Like, yeah. And like Arizona West and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely true. And it's, yeah, so. I think it's like part of California's culture that the country doesn't realize it relies on so much. I think like most almonds mm. are grown in California in these towns. Um, you know, it's, it's the just yeah. farmland. Um, and like, there's obviously a purpose for it, but it's very niche. And I think that's part of like OJ's, 
um, business essentially. And, um, maybe a reason why his sister seem seemingly left the business as well was that it is super niche. Like how often does Hollywood need a horse? Um, and if they do, what really will that horse be used for? Probably a scene with a cowboy. Um, and like, so it's just, yeah. it's very like the whole idea of this town is just so pointed in, in that world and having, um, jean jacket be part of it's to me they never give you an idea of why this town you know what about here when like la is the spot where everybody is thinking about themselves they're on their phones they're you know selfieing tiktoking they're doing everything that i think the movie is trying to show and maybe there is a, a component to this where uh like the haywood family is kind of on the outskirts um but they're about they could go either way where it's like you could take this fame route um or you could kind of just embrace this these traditions and the culture that you've had um in this small town for 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 many many years um i think i think that's maybe why they chose kind of to go there because this movie could have made sense in la proper like no yeah. doubt in my mind people don't look up at the sky because there's no there are no stars you know it's all polluted and all this stuff it'd be a perfect spot for right. an alien to just kind of be you know floating around up there so um but perhaps they're just just on the outskirts of of fame and hollywood that they are um th- that's why this movie took place but i never got that truly satisfying like okay yes we have like a true, true ending um, that makes me feel like a, like, like a reason for it. Yeah, like I, I mean, she cap- yeah. yeah, she cap she captured the picture at the end, which I guess is our resolution, and then she kills it with that big balloon uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So but there's like, like a death, you know? Why kill yeah. it? You know that that to yeah. me seemed kind of antithetical to the the whole purpose of showing the the chimp scene at the beginning, where it's like right here right. you you capture this thing. Uh, you capture this animal and you make him do all sorts of tricks and stuff. And it's the animal gets famous, but like, what is fame to a chimpanzee? Like, it, probably not good. Like, they <laughs> prefer to be in the. It's jungle more. It's more food. More it's food. food yeah, more food. And like, I don't know. You might get like a, a pedicure here and here yeah. and there, but um, yeah. but it does seem like OJ and. Uh, and Emerald have kind of like this idea that like, we don't want the world to know about this thing because we know that they will essentially tarnish it and uh, change our town up and they'll come out here and all this stuff. And so they're like, we want to be the ones to show the world what we see. Yeah. They want to show it on our channel. Yeah. Right. This is like an interesting point because there's actually two themes that we're circling around, which is like, I think a lot of UFO movies take place in cities. Like every scene in Independence Day is like Mars <laughs> like attacks. A UFO. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So what you're saying is this could have been an LA movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that that's the point because I think what Jordan Peele's less interested in the UFO thing than he is in the idea. Again, I keep going back to this like man versus nature thing. Like this to me has this movie could have very easily been that stupid Idris Elba movie with the lion or whatever. Oh, Beast, um, the one that yeah, just, yeah or yeah, that just came out. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or the, 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 uh, Liam Neeson Wolf movie or whatever. Like this is, this like could Lake have been acid. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could have been a monster movie that wasn't alien, right? Like you could mm-hmm. easily superimpose a lot of the themes on top of like, like a vicious oversized lion in the Serengeti or whatever. Um, I'm not sure that this so there's, is an alien. Like it doesn't, it well, comes across as being, they like don't a explain that. Creature, I feel like you're but. right. They, they, they don't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's, it's all the more interesting. So there's this like adventure sort of animal component to this, but then there's what you're saying of like using camera angles and, and like capturing things on your terms and telling your side of the story. Yeah. Um, that is, I feel like, more what Jordan Peele is interested in in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I read some reviews and and <laughs> and some interviews with, with Peele, and, and I think he's, like, intentionally, he doesn't say anything about his movies because, like, yeah. I think in his position, like, nothing he could say would ever benefit anything. No, no, it would no, just, no. Like, Plus, like, yeah. why wouldn't he just so, put it in the movie? You know, like, he, he probably has a whole lore right, or whatever, right. but he, the story he wanted to tell it was the one that we saw on yeah. film. It's the, it's the one that came through in the editing room mm-hmm. floor. Yeah, I think he's more interested in that secondary thing that you're talking about, which is, like, the the aspect of chasing fame, of, of like, capturing the right angle on a story. I think that's probably more what the movie is sure, about. Sure. Um and I think, especially with maybe the TMZ that reporter that shows up towards the very end, <laughs> right? We um, didn't even talk about that. It was ridiculous. I thought it that yeah, was like I, an alien. Honestly, like that was the most alien part of the movie. Was this this guy who seemed it seemed like he knew that he he couldn't look at this creature. Yeah, he had, like, this he had polarized he, helmet that yeah. Well, he he had that helmet that was, I don't know if you noticed this, but like to me, that was like a direct comparison to the beginning of the movie where they showed the, um, the like reflector sphere at the oh, very yeah, yeah, beginning yeah, right. in the commercial. Looking at the horse. Like exactly. This, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it was yeah, funny. I, I was listening mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a podcast on, um, actually it's, it's part of, uh, part of the ringer podcast network, which I believe is, is, is somewhat of interest to you. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they have a movie podcast called the big picture and they did a, an episode on this. Um, and, uh, the host, uh, brought on a guy who is also like a ringer guy who had worked for TMZ in the past. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they spent like 20 minutes on this part of the film about, is this actually like, like what a TMZ reporter has to do? And the guy was like not phased by this footage. Like he had stories and memories of like when there was literally like he he had a specific recollection of one of his colleagues who was a TMZ photographer who had to go to a club that a that a rapper was at that there was a shooting and they like basically were like, you have to go and take this picture and like avoid the cops. And like, there was like this yeah, whole thing, like a night style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And this was like TMZ telling him you have to do this or don't come in on Monday. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's um, the business, you know, and it sells. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, the, the whole, I think angle that he is going after here yeah. is that like, wh- which version are, are we? Um, and yeah. are we the ones that feel like we need to see, you know, you, we need to see the mauling of the chimp, uh, that the chimp does on, on yep. the cast, or do we just need to like 
recognize it um, as being something that exists. You know, I think that's constant throughout this movie and the TMZ shot is kind of just like shoving it in your face. Like, oh yeah, actually for sure. This is like, they're fighting against TMZ uh, to get the shot of this. Like, where did this guy even come from? You know, how did he even know about this? Yeah. How did he fucking hear about it? Like, like they sort of explained it away, but how did he get there so fast? They're in the middle of nowhere. It, um, I actually don't really, I didn't fully understand how, uh, Jupe seems to have known about this, uh, creature or Jean jacket for quite some time. And maybe even yeah, at least a couple shown, of weeks, yeah. has shown it in some capacity to his audience. And, yeah. um, I, although that, that part, I actually think it does feel like it was the first time that he was showing, but, um, still yeah. he, he kind of had like, he knew about it. So it wasn't just OJ and Emerald, um, and uh angel that knew about this uh going into all of this but for some reason it hadn't gotten out so maybe this segment of the of america just still has uh, a little bit of word of mouth as as the means and not social yeah. media um for communication so well this uh i think this brings us into our uh, rating section if there's like more you wanted to touch on feel free to do so as you uh, rate the film um but as we do with all of our movies on uh fear and there we rate uh, we're going to rate Nope on two two axes, one of them being uh, just how scary was this movie. Uh, we tend to rate that on a scale from zero to five sheep, as in how many sheep it took you to count to fall asleep. It's really stupid, but we're sticking with it. Um, <laughs> this <laughs> this movie, uh, so hard to rate. I'm going to go first because... Uh, I don't think this movie is very scary, but I do think that there were some moments that did make me feel like it was a horror movie. So Mm. I, I have to give it some credit. Um, I think I, when we were texting back and forth there, I think I said like, there was almost a Spielberg element to this movie. There was sort of like a grant, a grandiosity to the movie, which is like inherently not scary. Um, it's, it's, it's more sort of fantastical, but there were a couple of moments that we've touched on. Uh, obviously the raining blood scene is pretty, uh, grotesque and the, uh, the scene in the barn with the little alien guys that ended up not being actually that scary, but was scary for a while. Um, so I'm going to give it one sheep. I do think it has some scare to it. So if you are really, really nervous about horror movies, then, uh, then it'll get you. But, um, otherwise, you know, I, it's definitely not charting on the high end of the scale here. Uh, what about you, man? I would, uh, definitely agree with you that there are moments and I think there is a general for probably the first 50 minutes to an hour or so of this movie, there is this general kind of dread where you just don't know what's happening. And I think Peel does this really well in all of his movies where you think you kind of have an idea and then he'll throw you a curveball, and then you're like, okay, now I have no idea really what is going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would give it one sheep as well. And I think part of that sheep is me staying up thinking about uh, what scared me in alien movies overall. I think it got me thinking about yeah. what I like about alien movies um, in a way that, uh, yeah, they, he definitely touches on like Spielberg-esque. The, the chimp fist bump is absolutely E.T. That is such a callback. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I do think that there is... Uh, part of this movie, I think this is his least terrifying movie, I would say so far. Um, just yeah. in that, I think there's something inherently elemental about the, uh, his other two, um, that I feel like you can really connect with and it's kind of freaky. Like, yeah, there could be a family that is, you know, 
putting people into a trance somewhere and like that's freaky um yeah but here i think the the part of the sheep for me was just like an appreciation for what scares me about horror movies signs kept me up for like a week because i lived in a pasture at the time when i saw when i was like 12 so i was like super super like i was looking out into the woods all the time is that something moving out there my dad put like a uh he got on his lawnmower and made like a crop circle in our pasture because he knew the movie was fucking with me and i uh i always like i'll never i'll probably let him know at some point i don't really talk to him about it but i think i'll let him know that like that was an amazing prank because it i knew it was him but he like knew that this movie was freaking me out so i was clear that it was like on my on my like demeanor at all times that like, Oh geez. Um, and yeah, it was yeah. going to set the tone for you. Yeah. I mean, I can attest to listeners. I've been to your home. It is a colonial barn essentially yep, yep. in the middle of a lot of acreage of, of just randomness. So yep. coyotes yep. and maybe yep. extraterrestrials. So yeah, I don't, I, now that I'm thinking about, it, I don't actually know what's so scary about science. Like it is scary, and I remember viscerally the first time seeing it. You talked about the Mexican birthday party thing. Um, yep, yep. That, Mexican birthday that party shot. thing, the pantry scene where the hand comes out yep. and gets chopped off, all that stuff. I, I think what's yeah, scary it, it, about scary. it is being in that, um, living like in that type of environment um, where your fear is not people. There's nobody around, and so what. Yeah. What might be out there? And like, I've come to terms with animals <laughs> over the years. So yeah. the idea that like there could also be an alien lurking out there in, in the woods, like late yeah. at night, um, you know, s- crawling around on your roof, standing on your barn, like all those things to me was like that visceral aspect is, was super strong for me at the time. Um, yeah. And I mean, you, you also grew up a little bit out in the, in the boonies as well. So I think you can appreciate that like the yeah. woods themselves are kind of a freaky, uh, unknown, I think for, for, for anyone, especially for kids who are, they get their imaginations tricked quite a bit. So I've since yeah. come to terms with, with signs. I'm not afraid of yeah. it anymore. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, a, you're, you're, you're touching on something. It's sort of like, we understand animals but this is like an animal we've never seen or heard of before it's sort of like exploring the deep sea like there's something kind of inherently scary about that level of unknown um great well um and so our second rating is just a rating of general quality we rate it from zero to five stars or whatever weird symbol we'd like to adopt for each movie um i think this time we're gonna we should rate it from zero to five monkey paws um in honor of <laughs> in, in honor of the chimp and uh jordan peele so um i'll let you go first what did you uh what did you think of the quality of this film and feel free to touch on any other little things that we didn't cover if you want i thoroughly enjoyed watching this i don't think it was the best movie i've seen i it made a lot of top 10 lists last year and i think we're still kind of uh reeling a little bit in just in cinema in general and there aren't as many films being produced i think just that might not be just pandemic i think it's also you know television has really taken over um and we'll see what happens with streaming services going forward if cinema will make a comeback um but i do feel like uh I would easily put it in my top 10 for last year. Cause I think I probably saw like 12 movies. Um, so, uh, I really enjoyed the experience the whole time. I think I was left a little bit, like I mentioned before, a little bit feeling like yeah. 
is that the ending that I really wanted? There was like an Akira slide on the uh, on the motorcycle at the end. Um, Emerald like slides into the well on this on this motorcycle, <laughs> and it's like an anime style. Uh, and so I was just like. Right clearly the movie moved from like this mysterious what's going to happen next to this like yeah this kind of like fantastic adventure romp um and i think that it worked pretty well for the movie i didn't really have a problem with it and i think jordan peele was very intentional with that um he doesn't have to only make horror thrillers you know it's that's not where he started I'm sure he'll have some resurgence of comedy like in the future and he definitely tries to sprinkle it in here and there um but I think this movie was by far his lightest um, fare for yeah. what he's done. And so with that, I think it was it really kind of like switched up my expectations. And I, I appreciated that because I don't think there are that many movies that do that for me anymore. I think it's it's advertising now. You kind of know exactly what's happening. But because I specifically avoided any spoilers or information about this movie, I had no idea that there was a chimpanzee in this movie. And I feel great about that because it, it was so much more impactful for me that like, what the hell am I watching? Like, is this Nope? Or did I, yeah. did I put on a different film? Um, yeah. And so I think I would give it four out of five uh, monkey paws. Cause yeah. I really do feel like as an experience. And I think if I had seen it in the theaters as well, I think it would have um, probably elevated that a little bit, but this oh, is, yeah. this is kind of like what I, what I want in cinema, a movie that makes you think inwardly a movie that has um, all of the makings of a good film from the way it's shot to the way it's scored to the sound effects to everything. I think all of that was done exceptionally well. And I think the only place that it, it fell short for me is just um, that it wasn't an alien movie. I think for that was the one thing that I really just, I wanted it to be. Um, and it, it didn't end up being, it ended up being, you know, a UFO movie, but that UFO to me wasn't, um, it wasn't an invasion. This wasn't a recon mission. I don't think this was just a, a mirror uh, into our society yeah. and where we've we've come and i loved that part of it um but i think i was a little bit um tricked into thinking that the movie yeah. was going to be uh yeah the the payoff was going to be here's an alien showing up and you know taking down yeah. oj or, or emerald but um it, i mean it, it tried <laughs> this thing tried to uh, and it got antlers and it got jupe and it got a lot of people um so there was like an element of, of violence and, um, and I think, yeah, this horror aspect of like, wow, here comes some body parts out of, you know, there are some of that that definitely happened, but, um, most of the alien movies that I feel like I like with the exception of like the thing and alien, it's more about this idea of like, why is there a, uh, creature here? Why are, aliens invading like those i like those questions and figuring out how they're answered and all that that's really um very satisfying to me so this movie kind of left me hanging uh quite a bit there but four out of five monkey paws is not a bad score and i would absolutely yeah. recommend this movie um i think it's a great experience i mean if you've gotten to this point you know what goes on so you probably won't be surprised by anything and it might be, might be more of a three out of five for you but um yeah what about you where do you think this movie lands on the monkey paw yeah. scale yeah i think 
I, I go back and forth between three and a half out of four, uh, three and a half to four. Like I, I think it's going to end up as three and a half for me with an asterisk because I feel like this is a movie I need to watch a few times. Um, you hit on something with me uh, when you were talking about your rating about how this could have been a really good theater experience. Um, I think <laughs> I think this is a problem that we're going to run into more and more moving forward. Sure. Um, Sure. I just don't have time to go to the movies to see these movies like anymore. And because they're now going to just end up on Peacock like this one did mm-hmm. eventually, if I like wait enough, um, a couple months, it's not even that long anymore. You know, they don't yeah. have that like three, four month window before you, you hit it and streaming right. services. Like a lot of the great, uh, horror films and of the last, because they're so cheap oh, yeah. to make. I mean, this wasn't a cheap movie. This was like a $70 million movie, but um, if Jordan Peele wasn't tied to it, it probably would have been like a $10 million movie and streaming yeah, right, services right. take yeah, a I chance mean, on that all the time. Yeah. You look at the, the Ty West movies. Um, right. Exactly. X just and came out X stuff. and yeah. Pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's frustrating because like seeing this and I, I too bought a 65 inch, like really nice TV recently. Um, not as nice as the Sony Bravia. So, uh, money bags over here with his, I got uh, a really good, I did a, some, I used some bots to find a really good deal on it and it's like 60% <laughs> off, like some crazy stuff. So nice. Nice. Um, but like, it's not going to hold a candle to a, like a proper like theater experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie in particular in retrospect would have been really great to see in a theater with a group of people, you know? Oh yeah, um, definitely. <clears throat> and I think like, I'm, I still go to the movies, man. Like I, I, we just went and saw Babylon in the theaters the other day, which is like, you know, that movie was good, not great. Um, but <laughs> that's for a different, but like different podcast altogether. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think it's going to be a problem we're going to run into a lot, and it's going to be frustrating. Um, so it's like really hard to grade it on that scale. Um, but I do think I'm going to probably try to watch it once or twice more in like sort of different settings because I do think this movie is one of those movies that I'm going to start to pull some corollaries. Um, Definitely. Like like that first scene, the first like sort of like overdub of of the monkey sitcom thing like i'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna pull some stuff out of that that i didn't pull out of this first watch so um i think i'm gonna give it a three and a half with an asterisk that i may revisit it later at a four but yeah. we're kind of hovering in the same place um yeah do you so, i feel like there's a uh this and i forget which director said this but um the like tiktok generation i think of of film goers um are really more like film watchers and People don't have time. And there is obviously still a market like Avatar is making insane money at the box office. But it probably would have made twice as much if this was like came out four years ago. Um, Yeah. But I do think that now, you know, these grand movies and I think nope shares some component of that, um, you know, a Spielberg movie, Marvel specifically, you know, that they ended their phase like at the perfect time i think to kind of switch to television because that was just kind of what was happening anyway but it's taking away from i think a a part of movie making that to me isn't the most vital part i don't need to go into a movie to see um you know top of the line cgi and extraordinarily huge battle sequences and stuff i watch movies for the stories and i think the underlying story of nope was was good enough for me to be like yeah this is good at home 
Um, but I think the elements of that we were talking about before, like some of the ways it was filmed and some of the CGI and the special effects and all that stuff would have been, and just the experience of being in a dark room with, you know, a hundred other people, um, all sitting in the edge of yeah. the seat like that. You, you, you kind of do need, I think in horror movies, um, to really get like the, the full uh, experience. So, um, yeah, we are going to have a problem with that, but I think directors are going to have to adapt as opposed to like expecting, the world to go back to what it was prior to 2020. Yeah. I think you're touching on something really uh, important with horror. Like if you look at Ari Aster movies that are really sort of, really sort of like measured like Midsommar and hereditary, you need that kind of big screen sort of isolated experience. Um, and when you watch at home, your, your eyes, they wander to your phone and they, they, you know, you're texting and, 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 and my wife, my wife, Julie, she, she loves to like, sort of like, be on her phone like sort of playing mindless games while she's watching tv and so you don't get that experience in the theater you're forced to just be there with the movie and sit with the sort of emotion so um yeah i I think that's like a really good point um well that uh takes us to the end uh thank you again matt for for being here um it's always a pleasure to have you you're sort of a an honorary second host um yeah thanks for having me this was uh, a blast i love hopping on fear and there i think uh the podcast itself is really entertaining so to be a guest is one of these uh great great rewards in life so uh appreciate it jason and uh yeah have me back anytime and and the alien features i'm definitely interested in but thanks for having me I will do my best to post more episodes more frequently, but if you love the podcast, please feel free to rate us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts um, or wherever you listen um, and uh, give us a follow, recommend us to your friends. It really does help to sort of spread the word on the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and we're also on all the social networks. We're at Fear in There. That's A-N-D, not Ampersand. Um, and you can hit us up at Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can uh, email us uh at fear and there at gmail.com. Um, if you would like to send us hate mail, um, but otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is, this has been fear in there. Uh, we will be back again as soon as possible with a new episode. So, uh, Matt, thanks for joining. Uh, yeah. And we will see you next time. Bye.